Ministry Real Talk. My name is Zach, and I'm your host, and this is the podcast where we talk real ministry for real people. And today we are talking about worship, and today I have the one, the only, the amazing Yancey to talk worship. Obviously, this is the perfect guest to talk about this topic. Yancey, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, for sure. Um, Yancey, would you just be able to tell us a little bit for anyone who doesn't know you, um, but I'll just say that if you haven't heard of Yancey's music, go check it out. It's an amazing resource, um, especially for your younger kids. Um, This is, um, Yancey, you've really broke the ground for what worship is in the context of kids ministry. I use it on a weekly basis. I know everyone that I've talked to is this is like foundational for what they teach about worship. But Nancy, would you be able to tell us a little bit about who you are, your context, and um, even some of your history getting involved in kids ministry? Yeah. So, um, yeah, trying trying to think back and and sit down into a short a shorter story. So, I um, I grew up in the church. I grew up as a PK. My dad is. Uh, a children's pastor. He's been involved in children's ministry since before I was born. He's been doing stuff for over 40 years in children's ministry. So his name is Jim Weidman. And so um, Kidman is something that I definitely just grew up being around. I um, often growing up got to travel with my dad and go to conferences and stuff that were happening around the country, you know, from the time I was in, in elementary um, and kind of being there hanging out, working tables and booths and stuff. And so just um, definitely was something I grew up uh, around, um, obviously helped serve in, you know, our church growing up and involved on worship teams and puppet teams and stuff with our children's ministry. Um, and for me, I, I knew from a very early age that God had called me to do music. It was, I mean, something I knew early in elementary, as soon as I kind of started singing and started doing some music stuff, it just kind of became this thing of like, Hey, my name is Yancey. You know, I was born July 16th. God's called me to do music. It was just something I knew. And it seemed like so many adults in my life, um, you know, everybody kind of knew like, this is, this is the path for Yancey. Like this is what God's called her to do. And so just grew up being involved in ministry, taking advantage of every chance I got to be in a kid's choir context or on a worship team or play in a worship band, what age group that was for, whether it was kids or student ministry, or at times the college ministry in our church needed someone to play piano. And I think I was in like middle school time, but they needed somebody so bad to play that they, they let me come to the college group and play piano for them. Um, and so, you know, ever I was given, I take advantage of it and, um, really kind of set, originally set off on a path of just doing normal CCM Christian music. So whatever you hear on your local Christian radio station, your K love, you know, the fish way FM, whatever you have in your city. And, um, really came and forth to Nashville, learned to record and learned to write songs, um, talked with a ton of labels and just God, God opened a lot of doors. And then at this 
same time, like certain things just kind of never completely clicked and followed through. And, you know, once you get far enough down the road, you understand why sometimes, um, God opens the doors that he opens and closes the ones that he closes. Um, and so for me, you know, I, I ended up on staff at our church. We lived in Tulsa, Oklahoma at the time. A church called Church on the Move is where I grew up um, for a lot of those years and ended up on staff where I was helping out with worship for everything from middle school, high school, college, adult. Actually, the last things that I took completely um, under my care were preteen worship, elementary worship, and preschool. And so I was on staff at, at the church mm-hmm. uh, full time, leading worship teams, developing worship leaders, worship bands, all that kind of stuff. And at the same time, I was like, you know, kind of getting to a place where I was questioning, like, why did I go to Nashville? You know, like, why did I learn to write songs? And why did I record if I was going to be doing this church thing? Because it was just the pieces didn't make sense at the time. And, um, you know, looking back mm. on it, I'm able to see a whole lot more how each one of those things got just developing um, something in me and giving me a tool that I needed um, to do what I do now. And so I started writing kids music for a smart program that um, our church had. They had a, a camp uh, that had like 10,000 campers a summer come through called Drag Gulch USA. Started writing the theme for that summer program. And that was really what I started doing for kids. And it was just because I knew how to write songs. And so um, they were, you know, had me do that for number, really not thinking anything of it. And then had actually made the very first little praise party record for our church in Oklahoma. And so made that just to make sure that we had a song that tied into what our curriculum was, where we could do a song of the month each month with our preschool kids. And so um, really made that process to fulfill a need within our church. And then, I mean, literally about a month after that project was completed, just a ton of stuff changed in our life. And um, we... uh, ended up kind of stepping out of that church situation. And I just kind of started walking things out with my music. And it was like, I knew I'd go back on the road and do concerts and all that kind of stuff. And, um, it just became very obvious that God was opening up doors for me to do like preteen worship and family worship gatherings. And, um, and so it just like all the, the pieces of my life, that had been building up for 20 something years at that point. Um, it made a whole lot of sense. And it was like, God took that music thing that had always been a part of who I was. And at the same time, mixed that with this children's ministry thing that had been my world that I grew up in and around and was so much of what I knew ministry and kind of mixed those things together. And, um, then now it's been like 11 years that I've been focused on kids and family. So it's been a fun journey. Wow. That's amazing. And what was it like even processing with your dad? And did it kind of feel coming back to roots? Or is it something that was always just part of your life? And it felt, you know, natural? What was that like? Yeah, I I, th- I think it felt natural. It was, more than anything, it just suddenly like was like, Oh, well, that makes a lot of sense. You know, like, what, why did I not think to mix those things, those mm. two things together? But that was a God thing and not a Yancey thing or even a Weidman family thing for that matter. Um, uh, it was, it, I, I think, right. you know, honestly, 
speaking, if you had told my teenage self that this is what I was going to end up doing with my music, you know, that I was going to write preschool songs, I, I probably would have rolled my eyes at the time. Because growing up as a teenager, I had I had other envisions for what my musical career, you know, was going to look like. Um, you know, once I was in, in my my mid twenties at that point, really, when that all happened, it was more so of like, Oh, well, you suddenly, suddenly the pieces of my life make sense, you know? And it's like when you're putting together a puzzle, you know, and you have all these mm. pieces and you don't always, you don't know what the picture is that it is that you're making. And, um, if anything, it was just like, well, that's a genius idea. Like, why didn't I think of that? You know, <laughs> the, of what I've grown up around and, um, and mix that, you know, and, and do the same thing, but in a different, in a different way, you know, through different channels. Um, it's, it's been fun and it's exciting to just, um, I think for me, the biggest part is knowing that I get to be a part of whole lot of kids, um, journeys, uh, to, to come to know Christ and just to build a relationship with him, you know, part, literally partnering with churches around the world, um, as they use these songs and use these video resources and stuff that I make. Um, I've, I've realized as much as I love singing on stage firsthand, I still love doing concerts and leading worship. I can't go everywhere. And, um, so, uh, getting to be a part of what, you know, those of you that are listening, um, what you do in your churches and your communities every single week by you, you know, singing along to one of these songs is just, um, a, a real thing that I don't take lightly. And the fact that I get to mm. play a part in that child's life coming to know Jesus. And, you know, one day, one day when we get to heaven, I'll get to meet all those kids and it'd be awesome. Yeah, they might be surprised that you are a real person, not just a little animated person. <laughs> yeah, especially younger younger kids struggle with that right. one a little bit. Right. Well, that's amazing. We're sure it's cool to hear that story and how God was orchestrating all that and has led this to bless so many churches, so many kids individually. Um, what was the process like for writing these songs and when you really started to jump into it, um, what was your lens that you used to write these songs? What were you trying to achieve? You know, if there was three or four things that you needed every song to have, what would they be? Uh, when I made that first little praise party record, I, I researched, you know, a lot of popular things, um, not necessarily Christian, but just things in culture, like preschool music wise, you know, so there was, um, and a mainstream artist named Laurie Burtner band, you know, that I got several of her records, listen to those and mm. study as far as like, what is it about these songs, you know, that makes them work. So, um, you know, that's kind of a song thing, you know, beginner tip is they say, study great songs, you know, and figure out what it is that's happening in the song that makes it great and makes it be something that mm. people um, are able to sing along to. And so just really, you know, kind of research like what, what it was about, you know, these preschools, for instance, um, that was working, which a lot of that had to do with the length of the song, you know, the simplicity of it, um, how few there were vocabulary, like all of those things. And so 
Um, I, in general, when I'm writing kids songs, a lot of it just, I start with the, really the concept of what are some things that I want to talk about that I want to share, you know, live in a concert setting, like what are some subjects um, that are close to my heart. Like that's one angle. Um, another one for me is like, what are the things that I know pretty much every church is going to talk about and teach their kids, you know, on an annual basis, you know, like what are some of those topics that I know um, people are going to talk about. So like, that's an example on little praise Free day every day I went through and, you know, had a song that talked about new, you know, newness kind of hitting on, hitting on, um, you know, the beginning of a year, beginning of something being fresh. I wanted songs that talked about love because I knew Valentine's is going to roll around and you're going to hit on teaching kids about love and Easter, you know, is in there and you're going to celebrate kids' birthdays and you're going to talk about being thankful and you're going to um, have kids that are dealing with being afraid, you know? Mm -hmm. And even I had a close family friend who had a little girl that just really struggled with fear. And so um, sometimes it's those relationships uh, that just inspire you know, like we need a song that helps our kids reprogram mm. the thoughts that are happening um, in their brain to to just battle battle it out and conquer it with the word of God. And so um, that's that's really something I I usually start with pertaining to the kids' music is just like, hey, what topic? do I want to have a song about? So as an example, because there's different kinds of music I make, I make a little praise party that's for younger kids. I make um, some stuff historically that has just been released as Yancey or the past few years as Kidman Worship. That preteens are my target, kind of older elementary kids. Um, and so, I mean, with, with anything that I do, though, I think what often sets me apart sometimes from maybe people that have gone before um, doing kids music stuff is I really just try to make normal sounding music um, that, you know, doesn't sound like nails on a chalkboard, kidsy cheese music um, that has the right bite sized piece of the lyric, you know, and that's, I think that's the difference is making sure it's simple enough um, that it's got a dose of mix of fun or, um, you know, whatever with it, but just that it's the right bite-sized piece of information that that age group that I'm targeting with that song can latch onto. And so I think that's that simplicity, um, of it is really kind of what it turns it into being kids music or the fact that oftentimes instead of, if it was a song for adults or teenagers, you would have verse one and you would have verse two and you would have a bridge. Um, a lot of times in my music, you don't end up with all those different pieces. I might just repeat the verse over again. There may never be a bridge, especially if it's a younger um, group of kids, you know, or vice versa, something like that. So I think we, you know, just altering how big a piece that I'm offering into the song is one of the other things. And then um, I'm trying to think here. There was something that crossed my mind just a second ago. Um, I, I, and I, the other thing that I think about as I'm writing music and producing music is just what would it be like to lead this song, you know? And so sometimes I will, 
you know, insert a little four bar musical thing. Cause I think through, Hey, if I was doing this live, I would want to be able to say something right here, you know, before this next section or before we repeat this or whatnot so that I can lead and, um, encourage the audience to participate. And so, you know, happens there's some of those sections where they're repeating something after me or whatnot. Um, some of those things just really kind of help boost your audience participation um, by having a segment like that. So sometimes for me with this audience, just as intentionally putting some of those types of things within the song, just to think through and help, um, help produce something that I know will be friendly for whoever it is that's trying to lead these songs live in a classroom with kids. So those are a few of the things that come to mind pertaining to the music I make. Yeah, that's so good. And I want to talk about this new heartbeat curriculum that you have. And we we're talking before about mm -hmm. just your heart for explaining what worship really is in the context of all different ages of kids. Um, tell, tell us a little bit about your heart behind that and how that came to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, you know, the biggest thing for me is music is an amazing tool that we have in, in ministry. I, I believe that. And I think um, for, for too long, I would say too many people have kind of reduced down um, what they try to accomplish in the area of kids worship, you know, um, I think oftentimes leaders rely on just having some super fun song that gets the wiggles out. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that's cool. And that is something you can do. But if that's the only thing you try to accomplish with the segment that is called worship within your, the time that you have with your kids, there really could be so much more. And so I really um, have a passion to just help kids experience the presence of God um, now in their life, whatever stage that they're at. I mean, starting from the time they're a young kid, you know, mm -hmm. I encourage leaders to have vision for each area of their kids' ministry of just what they want to see happen, what they want to help kids learn um, and kids worship. Because if you look at it as staircase, mm -hmm where each level, each age group is building upon the next and you're really developing something within the kids so that they grow into adults that get worship and know how to worship. Um, so I had challenged leaders oftentimes too, like, hey, sit down and let's have a conversation with the worship pastor in your church and get your student ministry person on board and like really talk about and think through your vision for worship as a congregation. Like what kind of adults do you want to end up with? Like, what do you want their participation to be? And then work backwards. How are you going to develop that within the people in your congregation from the time that they are young? Um, and I just think that's a much easier, smoother process than suddenly trying to just let them be grown up and then try to cultivate this thing that is more foreign to them um, later in life. And so, um, so I really just try to help, help, you know, lead kids anytime I'm doing something live, just try to break it down and give them a little bite-sized piece to just help them better understand like, Hey, this is why we're singing the songs that we're singing. Um, this is the connection point and give them opportunities and ways that take part in it. You know, I believe the Bible's true. It says, taste and see that the Lord is good. And I believe if 
um, your kids experience more in your ministry than just doing a crazy, fun, silly song. Um, they'll experience God's presence and it will be something that they hunger and thirst for more of in their life, you know, that you can cultivate this mm -hmm. thing called worship in them to not just be something that they do on Sunday mornings or Wednesday nights or whenever they show up to the classrooms in your church. Um, but it can really become a daily thing in their life that it doesn't matter if they're in the car with their family. It doesn't matter if they're alone at home in their room or if they're outside, you know, playing like worship is something that can be a part of who they are and a, a way that they communicate with God, just like they can stop and pray. Um, they can worship God and give them thanks for the things that they're seeing, experiencing in their life. And so that is really kind of the angle, I guess, that, that I kind of came from and on it. And um, so I talk to leaders all the time. You know, I speak at conferences, um, helping people, you know, understand how to lead worship for kids and so often just talk with leaders that are having some of the same issues or the same problems or whatnot where their kids are disengaged and there's a variety of reasons for that. But um, I knew in so many of these cases that the people I was, I was talking to, they, they didn't even really get worship in a way where they could, they didn't even know the words to say to try to explain it to their kids to help their kids better get it. And so that's kind of really where I think the idea kind of came from of like, Hey, what, what is it that I could do and create to help churches um, have some tools at their fingertips to just um, break this down in a way that kids can better understand um, what this thing about worship is. And um, you know, David is one of our big examples of worship in the Bible we can look at, you know, the book of Psalms and see so many of his writings and so many of these, these things that were really just his songs of worship to God. Um, I can look at those same scriptures and I can see an example of what I think as a worship leader, our job is of how to engage and instruct um, the people of God of how to engage and participate with me in this song that I'm trying to sing you can see that in scripture. And so um, anyways, with this series heartbeat, uh, we really just take a good close look at David's life as the Bible story for each lesson and just something that we can, um, you know, take from how he lived and, and um, you know, God, God gave him that label of man after God's own heart. And I believe that's because David learned how to worship God period um, no matter what was going on, no matter if everything was going exactly the right way, or no matter if the certain situation had worked out the way they wanted it to, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so I think it would be amazing if this generation of kids that we have in our churches and our ministries, if they if God was able to say that same thing about them because they learned how to worship and they learned how to engage with God and communicate with God and honor him with their words and their thoughts and their actions and that they were given that same title of, Hey, you know, they're a boy after my own heart. That's a girl after my own heart. I think that would be an amazing thing to be said about the kids in our ministries. And so, um, developed uh, with a friend of mine, Johnny Rogers. He, he's who had created the Kidmo curriculum 
number of years back. A lot of churches have used that throughout the years. And so he helped me uh, write these lessons. And I did a couple of videos for each one where I'm on screen helping kids um, understand worship and, and talk to them a little bit about songwriting and sound checks and some musical things kind of tied them into what we're talking about, but all of it in a way to challenge them to, um, you know, let their life honor God and maybe a different way than they've, they've processed and thought through those songs that you sing in your class every week. You know, most people, they do music every week, but it's like, what are you explaining to the kids about the songs that you're trying to encourage them to take part in that about the why? And, and so I just always challenge leaders like every week, find a way to teach the what, why, when, where, and how of worship, you know, that needs to be part of your vocabulary as you're leading the songs and transitioning from one to another every week, giving them a little piece of what is worship? Why is worship? Mm. You know, when is worship? Like whatever that, that looks like. And I think when you do that diligently 52 weeks a year, it becomes part of the DNA of the people there. And it becomes part of the culture there. Um, that worship is just a natural thing that it is that we do. So, um, I'm kind of getting off off topic here, but heartbeats five lessons to help you guys teach elementary age kids about worship and um, small group stuff is in there. Like this is the full lesson. So think of anything. Some people are like, Oh, it's just like something to do for your worship segment. And no, this is like a full on series, like everything, your large group time, small group time, take home material. Like you would do your entire lesson on this series, um, teaching kids about David having a heart after God and how to let every beat of their heart be to glorify, um, God. And so, yeah, that's it. I'm excited. That's amazing. This is something that you can just immerse in your curriculum and all your kids. And what's amazing, what I love about this is you immerse in it for five weeks. You get learning about worship, doing worship, but then that teaching and that level of understanding is going to then pour out into every single week after that, no matter what curriculum you run, the deeper level of understanding of worship is going to be you know, make everything you do more, so much more in depth. Yeah. And one of the things that I've, I've already told some churches, it's like, I do one of, one of my video segments for each week, I teach about uh, what one of the Hebrew words for praise is and what that means. And like um, the action that goes with it basically. And like, I can totally see like churches going through the series, but then being able to reuse some of the content, you know, throughout the year. So it's like, Hey, do the series. And then, you know, four months from now, like play one of those videos one week, you know, in the context of your worship time, um, just to remind kids, Oh yeah. Like praise is this thing, you know, and to take part in praise, I need to do this. And it doesn't necessarily mean you would show them five weeks in a row again, but you know, every six to eight weeks, you could replay one of those videos and just recycle some of that information and kind of remind them and point back to what some of those big lessons were. Because I I do think, especially for those churches that have really been struggling in this area and just really need to do a whole lot of work to help their kids um, get it and understand the subject, um, that this will be like 
incredibly helpful for them to just lay a foundation in their ministry as to why worship is so important in our life. Yeah. This is also good. Uh, I can hear people kind of asking, they're hearing what you're saying about uh, the need for worship, this beautiful picture about, you know, David and every act is just an, a thing of worship. What would you say to someone who came right now is like, I, I don't know what what the level of worship engagement is right now. How can I assess that? What would be a couple pointers that, that leaders can kind of take to their ministry, observe on a Sunday and say, how are we doing? What do we need to improve on? Um, okay, so I think a few questions um, to just help you kind of get a pulse on where you are in your ministry would be asking yourself a few questions. The first one is what does your music sound like? Um, not to be super official here or anything. If you've been using mm. the same music for the past, you know, 15 years in your ministry, it's probably time to make some changes. You know, I feel a, um, a really important responsibility and what I do um, and what I make for kids. I, I want to show them that Jesus is relevant to their life today. You know, the Bible says that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But so often the things that people are doing in their ministries doesn't reflect culture at all and doesn't reflect what the Monday through Saturday might look and sound like in this kid's life. And I want to, I want them to know that I get what they're into and what they like and just to give them a taste of like Jesus applies to that kind of look and sound, you know? And so I want to show them that Jesus is relevant. So what does your music sound like? I think asking yourself, who do you have on stage leading worship is important. Um, for some people, you know, they're like, I have nobody. <laughs> And I would just always say to that, that a video is never going to lead worship for you. You know, we're used to watching stuff, chilling on our couch at home. We don't normally, you know, like really engage mm -hmm. with just random things that we're watching on our TVs or iPad or phone or whatnot. And so why do you expect that your kids are going to full on engage in worship if you're only playing a video for them, you know, like they're going to watch it. Like they're not going to engage with that. And so I think it's really important for, um, mm. to have someone that leads and navigates those times. Um, they might not be, you know, or shall I say the person you have may not be the best singer and that's okay. So use the pre-recorded music and maybe it's painful for people to hear, but they can lead, they can encourage the audience, they can set up a song, they can transition from song to song, they can encourage people to sing that a little bit louder, sing that again, everybody clap your hands with me. Like they can lead and engage without having to be the best singer. Um, so you need someone on stage leading worship. Um, do your leaders look like they like to worship, you know, like sometimes I'll ask, do they look like they're having fun? Because if the people you have involved don't ever smile, aren't full of joy, you know, like they might. Um, and, and, it's, and I'll say this from my own experience in life. There was a phase where I thought I was smiling on stage inside. I felt like I was smiling on stage, but what it looked like on my face wasn't a smile, you know? And I 
saw it on video figure out like, okay, what does it feel like the muscles in my face for when it just feels like a smile and when it sometimes it just might be coaching some of the people involved um, in this area to make sure they look like they're smiling and having a good time. But I think when you think about engagement and people being involved in what is already taking place in your ministries with worship, I think asking that question of do your leaders look like they are having fun like to worship is kind of a good thing that kind of points you in the way to go of how to lead and coach them better and how we worship um, every single, every single week. And I think for a lot of people, they don't ever really talk about it. You know, they talk about just singing this song today, but they don't give the reason as to why and how kids can participate. And they just, kids need instruction, you know, they're, they're used to being told what to do in so many areas of their life at this stage in the game. And so they just, um, kids are the easiest group to lead in worship that you'll ever lead. I've led every age. Kids are definitely the easiest. They get it. But some people just need that box drawn for them to better know how to engage with it, you know? And, and once, once they have a little bit of understanding to go with it, they're easy to pull in and to get to be plugged into what you're doing. Wow. What amazing practical questions to ask. Um, this is great. I, I know that people are going to be hungry for more. So where can people find your music, find this heartbeat uh, curriculum, find great worship music, yeah. especially if they answered, oh, I haven't changed my music for 20 years. Where can they get good new music? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so all of, uh, everything about me, you can find at yanceyministries.com. So Yancey, just Y-A-N-C-Y ministries.com. Um, specifically, uh, the resource I mentioned for preteens and elementary for worship, a series I do called Kidman Worship. That's at kidmanworship.com. Um, the heartbeat curriculum, quick URL to get to for that, yanceyministries.com slash heartbeat. Um, and then I sell all my music on Worship House Kids, so you can download my lyric videos and stuff a la carte um, individually that way. Um, I don't do downloads on my own site. It's just the physical product bundles and stuff. But if you're planning to use a lot of the songs, that's a better um, pricing structure for you. But the a la carte option is there at worshiphousekids.com. So, um, and then you can stay in touch with me, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all those places with the username of Yancey, not Nancy, all spelled out. Yancey, not Nancy is the actual handle, the actual name. And uh, please reach out. Please, please uh, get in touch with me. And, and um, I would, I would love to be a part of what you're doing in your ministry, wherever that may be. Mm. And we're going to link all of that information in the show notes so you can check that out there. But Yancey, thank you so much for talking about kids ministry worship and all that. This has left a lot of great content to chew on and reflect. And I know this is going to be so helpful for all that. So thank you for being on the show today. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Yeah. Awesome. And thank you everyone for listening and tune in next week for more kids ministry real talk. Who came to save me from my sin Became a man He lived a life I could not live And died as heaven's lamb